I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. Plush Care accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Welcome to the Dope Black Woman podcast, the podcast where we share stories of black excellence as part of our safe digital sisterhood. I'm Leanne Levos. I'm Rashan. You can call me Shan. I'm Livs. This week on the podcast, we're talking to intimacy coach Duchess Ippy. Welcome, hey. Duchess, to the podcast. Thank you so much for being here. Well, not being here, but, you know, speaking to us today. No worries. Thank you for the invite. I think we should start by just saying, you know, how are you and are you safe and well? Because right now is such a crazy time. You're obviously doing this from home. And are you okay? Is everything okay? Yeah, everything's fine. We, we're, we're good. Um, everything's fine. I mean, I just got a message from my daughter's school today. Her school's closed for three days because of this virus. Oh, wow. So, you know, so we're just kind of just hoping that the teachers get well and there's nothing worse that happens. But, you know, we're hoping we're surviving. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's good to hear. Um, so, yeah, so as I said in the intro, you are intimacy coach, which is a word that I've struggled to say, I just realised. But anyway, but for people that aren't familiar, what does that even mean? What is your, your role? So, okay, so an intimacy coach is someone who helps people, or rather, let me, actually, I would say people and couples, so people who want to get into a relationship, people who are even single, or people that are in a relationship, it, it's helping them to deepen the connection that they have, or to understand themselves more. So what happens that people sometimes disconnect from each other, and then they think that there are other reasons why that's happening, but what it is, is that that connection, the thing that brought them together in the first place is missing. So my role as a coach is to help them to kind of rediscover and reconnect. Mm-hmm. Um, and a question that we always ask our guests um, yeah. right at the beginning is what makes you, we are dope black women, but what makes you a dope black woman? Oh, that's a, that's a, oh, what makes me dope? Well, for, for starters, I'm called the Duchess, so I'm just awesome. Hey, hey, let me go. start with that. And another thing that makes me is that when I started my coaching practice business, my it was focused towards the black and ethnic minority community because we don't have many people like me, even though we do suffer the same relationship issues that everyone else does but i believe that what we have is unique the issues that we face are unique to us and only someone from the same background culture can truly understand and to actually help our community move forward so i think that's mm. what makes me a dope black woman <laughs> oh that's amazing so now um how how much of your clientele is black couples how much is mixed like what's it what's it kind of like most of it, it most of my clients are black there are a few white but they're mostly black and the reason is that i've actually advertised myself stating that my website states that my where my focus is at i won't say no to anyone because mm -hmm. you know coaching is coaching but i do feel that i have something that makes me unique and helps me to understand and bring out what is hidden in us in when it comes to relationships because the way we look at relationships the way we were brought up the culture religion has kind of made us a bit more I won't say colder but we're a bit more reserved in the way we approach relationships and the way we approach love affection intimacy and so, yeah, so most of my clients are 
from the black community. What kind of problems do they normally come to you with? And do you find that black couples are more hesitant to engage in intimacy coaching for the same reason that you just mentioned? Oh my goodness, yes. So to be honest, I would start, what had happened is that when I first started my coaching, I started off as a sex coach. Now, that was like mm. a conversation stopper. So, you know, and... Okay. <laughs> so, and the thing about it, I didn't have a problem with that because I realized that there is also that gap because we don't talk about sex. So I was happy to have that conversation. But what I realized that every time I had an individual come to me, because most times what happens is an individual comes first, that even though they're coming to complain about the, their sex life, what they were actually complaining about was what was happening before they had sex. And I normally had women, but even at that, so they'll come and say, oh, you know, my husband said something horrible to me and therefore I just don't get turned on, on it anymore. Oh, my wife, you know, she doesn't understand my needs or, you know, we just have so many arguments. I had a client who said something along the lines of, um, she had breast augmentation, but didn't like the scars. And that was a conversation we had. So it was about her loving herself. So even though when I have couples or people that are married, it's about oh, what the other partner is doing, because you know how it is. We never say it's our fault. We always have to blame someone else. <laughs> it's always about, you know, communication. They don't understand me. You know, they want something that I can't give. But then when it's an individual, it's them talking about the issues that they're having with themselves. So that was why I kind of moved away from sex coaching and focused on intimacy, because I realized that to get the sex right, you've got to get the intimacy right. All right. You know, it so, comes beforehand. So, yeah, exactly. So I just said, you know what? I can deal with the sex. That's not a problem. You know, I can talk about that for a long time. But at the same time, I still wanted to let people know that you've got to get your foundation right. So either you get it right before you go into a relationship or get it right while you're in the relationship, service your relationship. And so, yeah, so those are kind of the common things that I get. Couples or those in the relationship come to me with different things than those who are single. Mm. For me, like, it's interesting, um, you know, what even is intimacy? Like, what does it even look like? And how does it even manifest? Because that is so individual as well like some people it's like strictly a physical thing like it's strictly about touch mm -hmm. and you know like like you said sex and like cuddling all kinds of things and for other people it's a you know it takes so much to even just be vulnerable with someone and yeah. open up those wounds and that can bring intimacy so you know what is your definition of, of intimacy so for me, I, I remember hearing somewhere, and I can't for the life of me remember where I watched so many videos, but it was a definition that someone said, intimacy is into me, you see. So that means that you see me. Ooh. You, see, you see who I am behind the facade that I bring when I go to work, when I'm with my friends, whatever that thing that is required of me and I put on a mask, you see beyond that mask. You see the true me and that's what I believe intimacy is and everything else surrounding it is just ways of increasing intimacy you know that's why I believe that it's not just about um romantic relationship it can be between siblings friendship parents you know the whole works intimacy cuts across the board even in business because you know if you don't know your if you don't know your clients your colleagues well you're not going to rub well together so that's what I think intimacy is, is seeing the true person, the person behind the mask and the facade. That's such an interesting way to look at it because like, like you said, it doesn't have to be romantic or sexual at mm. all to get to that place. Um, yeah. Leah, what, what does intimacy be to you? Yeah, it's funny that you said that because literally five minutes ago, someone that I used to date uh, sent me a picture of us when we were dating and I was like there's bags under my eyes and my face is puffy and it's just not a cute picture at all but it was that level of intimacy that we had that was able to make me feel comfortable in my own skin where I didn't yeah. have to worry about what I look like or what I was doing you know there's so much of ourselves that you're right I think we shield from the outside world mm-hmm 
Like most people don't know that I'm incredibly silly and clumsy, or maybe most people do know. But <laughs> <laughs> I generally only demonstrate that or show that when I feel like I'm in a safe space. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. And so I think, yeah, I think that's what intimacy means to me is the safe space that you create within a relationship. Yeah, that's good, yeah. yeah. Um, I think for me, it's, def- it's definitely less about the physical. And I think when it comes to dating and relationships, that can present a challenge if the person that you're with is looking for that in terms of how they want to receive intimacy. So for me, it's more like, for example, if someone looks at it like a, if you want to take sex as an example, the act of sex, I know it's a form of intimacy, but that's not something that I would like crave for if I'm looking for intimacy at that moment in time. But where like someone might look into your eyes or the cuddling you have afterwards, for me, those are like really important intimate moments. Like for, for me, sometimes with intimacy, it's definitely not just, it works in platonic relationships as well. So sometimes I, I crave intimacy, but it's not from my partner. I just crave intimacy. So I might say, think, feel like, hmm, I, I feel like, I feel like I crave intimacy right now. And I go into my siblings and we'll just cuddle and watch a film. But I read something the other day on Twitter where someone was saying like, my partner read my favourite book to me for an hour. Oh. That, was, that was a new experience of intimacy. And for me, I was like, not that I want my partner to read to me for an hour. I don't really want that. But that is the sort of level of, that's just like the same scope of intimacy that I desire. Do you get what I mean? Um. So if I'm chilling with my partner and my legs are over his legs and I'm on my phone, he might look at that as like, I'm disengaged. But to me, that's very intimate because I'm very close to that person. Mm. Yeah, some, if you're able to kind of just sit in silence with someone, that's such a good sign. Yeah, totally. And I think that's... I love it. It's so powerful. Yeah. yeah, and I think that's where we need to communicate what intimacy means to us because our partners are not mind readers. So if that's some because what is intimate to you might not be intimate to another person. And this is sometimes where we, we get it wrong is that we forget to communicate what is intimacy. So it's very different for everyone, but we need to learn to communicate. And the problem is that we don't communicate. We then try to love differently. That then leads to resentment and frustration. And that's where I come in. Because you then find the people like, oh, he doesn't love me. She doesn't love me. No, it's not that they don't love you. They just don't know how to love you the way you want to be loved because you're not telling them how you want to be loved. Yeah. I do think our, like I say our generation, I mean just young people in general, people Mm -hmm. in their 20s and 30s and whatever. Like, (laughs) but um, when I say young person, I mean the broadest way possible. I do think people are getting better at that kind of thing. So I think what I've seen a lot on Twitter that I don't think you would see maybe even five years ago is this whole thing about like, what's your love language? Like, what is your love language? Like, how do you like to be appreciated? Yeah. How do you like to be taken care of? What is it you actually want from relationship? And for some people, and we did this recently as well um, mm. and shared our love languages. But, you know, for some people it's like physical gifts. For some people it's um, just like acts of, kindness or whatever it might be but all of those things are intimacy for sure no definitely and i must admit that for for the younger generations we're going to call them this time around it is better because they're more open to finding out for themselves as opposed to saying let me do what my parents did so they have they have the option of actually saying i'm going to set the path of how i want my relationship to be and how I want to be loved and how I'm going to love and I'm going to be more open. But then if you come to those people like me, 40 plus, in, in that relationship, in that sphere, we were copying our parents. So, do, I mean, do you think that speaks to, um, you know, why you think it's, you're, you particularly um, focus on black couples? Because, like you know the way that you were brought up and the way this idea of like just following what your parents did or just mm-hmm. following a culture just following your upbringing um is that part of the reason most you focus on black couples yes most definitely because I, I went through it myself so i went through that journey of where i was taught that my needs were not as important that i had to be the one that held the home together i was the one that had to hold the marriage together and that's a lot of pressure to put on anyone you know, you're going into a situation that is new. You don't know what's going to happen. And you're being taught that you need to do all these things. I mean, it's, it, I mean, you know, marriage, I mean, some people not like it, but I am going to call it. It's a job. You're learning the job. You're learning on the job. There's, There's no, no work experience. <laughs> exactly. 
<laughs> I mean, so, so, you, it, so our culture is, so it was kind of that thing of, oh my goodness, what is happening here? So that is the reason why I focus on us, because I think that culturally, there is an expectation that we need to behave a certain way. And that we can't, and if you go for what they would term free love and just do as you please and, you know, live with your partner and, you know, all the things that they would say is not black. Doesn't make mm. it wrong. Yeah. It doesn't make it wrong. But the thing about it is that we were brought up to think it is wrong. And if you, if you have this feeling that sex is wrong, intimacy is only a one-way traffic, it's going to affect you in your relationship regardless of whether it's platonic or not, because there's always going to be that feeling that it's the, 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 the success of the relationship focuses on just one person. And that's not true. It's, I don't say 50, 50, I say hundred percent each. Everyone gives hundred percent to their relationship to make it a success. And part of that is being authentic yourself and showing your authenticity to your partner and loving wholly and completely. If you hold back, then they're not, they're not loving all of you. They're just loving part of you. And what do you think is going to happen five years down the line? When they see the rest of you. Exactly more. Because I considered myself quite a very emotionally intelligent person. So after the breakdown of my relationship, I went counseling. And then I went, actually, I went counseling, went to Vegas on my own, came back, saw a coach. And... Once I had gone through that journey of healing, I realized that actually, if this can happen to me, and I think I'm, you know, emotionally intelligent, I've got it together, how many other people are like me who are suffering in silence but can't actually articulate the issues that they're facing because most of the people in that sphere don't understand the, 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 the upbringing we've had and how we think differently when it comes to the relationship and how we think differently when it comes to sex and how we associate sex, we, we associate guilt and shame to sex. And when you have these associations with this, it, it makes you not want to live your fullest. And so, yeah, so that was why I then said, actually, this is what I'm going to do. And to be honest, I spent a lot of time in the, quite a lot of sex groups in, on Facebook as well. So I realized that was my calling. <laughs> <laughs> <Sorry>. <laughs> So yeah, so that was literally, was my experience that led to, led to it. And, you know, I know people will say, but yeah, you know, how can you do this? But you know what? I, I've seen so many people suffer in silence and why suffer in silence? You don't have to. Relationships are not meant to be endured. They're meant to be enjoyed. Mm. So when you can get help and when someone can help you seek the help and get it sorted. Mm. I guess there's a lot of, um, there's a lot of stigma attached to it, isn't there? This mm -hmm. idea that your relationship needs outside help, whether that's someone like yourself or whether that's mm -hmm. a therapist or, yeah. you know, a relationship counsellor. This idea that if you can't figure it out between the two, then we must not be able to be together. Um, is that a stigma that you think you've had to fight doing what you yes. do? That, and, that's our, and that is, I think that's our community in itself because we're so, we so want to be self-sufficient. What's up to be self-sufficient? You've got to solve your problems. Why can't you solve your problems? But the honest truth is, as you said, there's no work experience. Yes, you might learn from one relationship to another, but each person is unique and different in their own ways. And if you don't know how to take on their differences and how to manage them with your own you're going to have problems i mean we all you know if you drive you learn how to drive if you want to ride a horse you learn how to ride a horse so learn to be better in the relationship as well so and that's why i always share my story saying that i went for counseling and i went to see a coach i would not be where i am today if i didn't mm. oh god knows i wouldn't so there is no shame and we need to take away that stigma of thinking that seeking help is a problem i mean after all People have personal trainers. Why not just go to the gym and do it yourself? Mm, I mean, it's, so true. it's kind of about, I mean, even for me, because I definitely, the point that you made about learning from your parents definitely resonates with me because I feel like their relationship was such a model for me, not necessarily in a good way. Mm -hmm. So there is also this carrying over of airing your dirty laundry and taking yeah. your business 
outside of the home and what that means. I, I think this ranges from people having problems in their marriage all the way to domestic abuse and that kind mm -hmm. of thing. And so how do people get over that hump of really being honest with you about what they want or what they're seeking? So for me, what I do in my own process is that I have a 30 minute consultation. So you get to know me and I get to know you. And I also believe that we have to have a connection because if we don't have a connection and if you don't trust me, then you're not going to be able to be truthful with me. So I have a few questions that I ask just to see how open they would be. And if they're not being open, I am honest with them and say, I could easily take their money, and I, but I don't, I don't think that's ethical. So what I say is, if you're not ready to actually make this change or to get help or take the actions to make your relationship better, then I'm going to say no. Not because I don't want your money or I don't want you as a client, but I want to make sure that you actually start to get the results that you want. But if you're not fully prepared to take those steps, you're not going to get the results that you want and they are going to be more frustrated. So I am very open and honest because I, so I, so when I'm open and honest, then they see, oh, okay. She's been honest with me and saying, you know, I'm not going to take your money just for the sake of it. Makes them more relaxed. And I always highlight nothing on the face of this planet would make me discuss your business outside. If you see me on the street and you don't want to say hello, it's okay with me. I have no problem with mm. because I can, I understand that is embarrassing. It, it's, it's hard to open up to someone, then let other people know, you know, I have, I've had friends who have come to me as clients and they would never say anything. So even when I ask for a testimonial, I have to block it out because they know that people will be speculating about why have they spoken to Duchess, you know? So, and I understand that. So I always emphasize confidentiality. We have to have a connection. This is how I work and give them an opportunity to say yes or no. It's so, it's so good that you have that attitude um, towards your work, like you take it so seriously, hmm. because I'm sure there are people who potentially do just take the money or who don't appreciate that, you know, some people hmm. just because, like, I don't know, like some people I know, it's not open information that they have a therapist. So if they saw hmm. the therapist out, they might not want to say hello. And the fact that you, as someone on the other side, get that, I think is really, really noble. Um, because like just, yeah, because I just imagine seeing your clients out and going to say hello and they ignore you and just being like, no, it's not personal. Like, mm. don't know what else they got going on in their life. Um, so how, how long have you actually been doing this then? So I've been doing this full time for about 18 months. Yeah. Okay. And if you were to give us some advice and some listener advice, um, like, I appreciate that every relationship is completely different, but, you know, the, the, the tips that you could pass on that kind of come up time and time again. So I truly believe that in a relationship, you need to be your true self from the beginning. Don't fake it. Don't come up with what you think they want you to be. Because at the end of the day, your true self is going to leak out and they're going to look at you and wonder, who are you? Another thing is learn to communicate. And when I say communicate, it's not just about talking, it's about knowing the right time to speak to your partner, knowing the right tone to use, and the words. Because the reason why I say so is, if you have a partner who likes sports, so I'm being stereotypical here, but you know, if a man likes sports, for instance, you don't want to talk to him when Arsenal's playing. He's not going to listen. He's going to be irritated. <laughs> and then if you're trying to have a conversation and he's then not listening you're going to be irritated as well. And then the next thing, there's an argument. Why? Mm. It could just wait. You want to have a conversation, use a softer tone. It's not because you want to, you want to, I don't know, manipulate them, but it's the fact that human beings respond to softness. You don't have to shout to make your point. And the words that you use, choose your words nicely. You know, we all like to feel special when we're spoken to. If you want them to make you feel special and listen, you can make them feel special when you're actually communicating. And another thing I would say is make time for each other. You know, be conscious in having those special moments, you know, dates. And I know it sounds cliche, you know, having date nights, but we are all busy people. We all work. Mm. 
so you have to make a conscious effort. It's not a case of, yes, you can be spontaneous, but unfortunately, sometimes life doesn't allow you to be spontaneous. And just because spontaneity doesn't happen doesn't mean that you can't actually do something in your relationship. So allocate time for dates. Allocate times when you watch a movie. Movie, You know, take a, take a car ride together. Laugh. You know, we sometimes forget to laugh and play. Everything isn't the always... Simple things. Mm. It, you know, life is serious enough as it is. So relationship is serious. You get into a relationship, you're probably then going to have a mortgage and all the stuff that comes with it. But you've got to remember to laugh, remember to play, remember to hug. And please remember to kiss. Most importantly, talk to... Oh! <laughs> hey! I'm not, talk- I'm not talking peck on the cheek. Oh, mwah. No, I'm talking. No, about honey. Tongue Smooch. Lip yes. River exchanging. Yes. Kiss. Bite that lip. Mm. Don't mm. forget it. <laughs> <laughs> do what no, you gotta do. Because you'd be surprised how many people stop doing the passionate kissing. It then becomes a peg, and you it's like you underestimate the childish passionate kiss. <laughs> well, and we have um, an expert kisser on the podcast. Shan is. Kiss a connoisseur. Oh, yes, yeah, that is, is me. So if any of your clients, if any of your clients need, you know, training or help mm-hmm. in this department, feel free to pass them over to me and I can help them on their journey. That, <laughs> I, think, I think mine would probably be more men because they just think sometimes that it's like a water fight, but you know, to <laughs> 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 <on> one side. <laughs> you were talking about communication just then, and I, and I think yeah. it's, I think I, I agree with you that it's really important. Even going back to the date, so with me and my boyfriend, we have this thing where every other month someone plans like a surprise date. So we'll have dates throughout the month and we'll see each other throughout it. But like, we take it in turns. So it'll be like, so he, for example, he said to me, for his month's November. So he'll be like, okay, from the 1st to the 6th, book it off of work. And I'll be like, oh, why? And he'll be like, oh, can't tell you. But it just keeps the excitement and like, the, yeah. the fire like, ignited. So I think that's a really interesting point that you just said. But on that note of communication um, and understanding like what you want and stuff, how do you, what advice do you have for people to figure out their non-negotiables? Oh, non-negotiables, my favorite word. <laughs> so I, um, the way I see it is that I would say non-negotiables for starters are things that, that they are your core values. That's what I call non-negotiables. They're the things that are your core values. It's not about superficial things, you know? So it's a case of, I say list out 10 10 things that are your values, 10 things that are important to you, very important to you. List Mm. them out. And then within the 10, pick your top three. Mm. The top three that you know that if for any reason it's breached, that is going to hurt you almost like a physical hurt. So, you know, so find out what is that thing that's important and always, always, always communicate it to the other person so that they know. Because sometimes what we do is we keep it to ourselves and expect them to know. No one's a mind reader. So, and it also gives them opportunity to say, okay, you know what? If, say for instance, if honesty is your thing and you're with someone who believes in white lies or believes in not telling you the full truth because they think that you're going <laughs> to the handle, that's a breach. So mm-hmm. let them know that it's very important to me. So they can make a decision. Oh, maybe I shouldn't be with this lady or this man. And you've been honest so that when they start to breach it and you're like, uh, sorry, this is not going to work for me because you are actually making me very uncomfortable and very unloved and very unsafe. Mm-hmm. It's not a surprise. So I would always say start with 10 and break it down to three. Do you feel like there is a way to build intimacy after one of those non-negotiables has been broken? Like how do you go about regaining intimacy after trust has been lost in some way, shape or form? If, if, if say for instance if trust and i know it's going to be weird when i say this standard because people are like oh surely it must be a non-negotiable trust if trust is broken it's not a core value for everyone let's be honest excuse me it's not a core value for everyone everyone assumes that trust is a given and i agree it's a given so if it's a core value to you and it's been broken you have to self-examine and in effect almost self-coach to see if you can get over it Because what you don't want to do is because that person has breached your trust and you're now feeling very insecure, unsafe in the relationship, that every time they do something that triggers that, you're then attacking them. Your relationship cannot, it it can't survive. 
So you, this is the time that you have to make up, a dis, make up your mind. Can I move on from this? If you can, then do so and truly move on. It's not a case of bringing it up every time. If you think it's going to take you a while, be honest and say, it's going to take me a while, but I am going to get over it. And if after a while, and I think you should actually specify time, because if you say a while, that could be five years. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> you know, so I think you should also specify. And if you can't by that time, be honest and then do what you need to do in the relationship. So I'm not saying that you can't overcome someone breaching your core values, but you need to let them know because if they continue to do it, then they don't have respect for you. I'm sorry, but there's no respect for you. There's no love for you. There's no care for you. So why would you want to be in that situation? Mm, it sounds so deep. But as you said, if your core values are essentially mm. how you are as a person and what makes you mm -hmm. and someone's breaching that in a relationship, it's almost like, as you said, they don't respect you because they're like, do you know what? I've done that thing and got away with it. Like, she's still here. So why am I going to change? Because <laughs> I'm getting away with it. That's what they're thinking. That's what anyone would think. You're thinking, oh, she told me to change, but she ain't leaving. So... And that's the truth. And I know people say, yeah, but you need to forgive. Yes, you need to forgive, but you don't let people take the piss. Yeah, you've got to set boundaries Amen. in relationships. You've got to set boundaries. You can't let people take the piss because if they take the piss, the person that's ultimately going to suffer is you. True, it's Thanks. you because you're the one that's going to be in bed thinking over and oh my god, how could they do this to me? Don't they? And you're just going to be having this conversation with yourself, not sleeping, being stressed, having oh wrinkles and i don't like wrinkles you know just the whole <laughs> distress of it you know so it's like well no no set boundaries tell them off and if it's not working for you, you know what relationship is not do or die as much as i love relationships and i believe in the beauty of relationships and the connection it brings and all the other benefits it brings you need to be happy mm. and happiness has to be defined by you you need to love yourself first. I mean, RuPaul says, if you, how can, if you don't love yourself, how, how can you love anyone else? That's what he says. Amen. <laughs> Let the church choir sing. No, I love RuPaul. Big I, Drag Race fan. I mean, I'm a massive Drag Race fan. It's ridiculous. So, oh. yeah, but, you know, so that, and that's a, it's a, it's a true message. You've got to have self-love. And within that relationship, you can't let another person, person take the piss with your emotions, with your feelings. Mm. Oh, no, 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 no. Not in any mm. manner. It's not, no. So actually, I'm even getting vexed just thinking about it. So, yeah. This is the Dope Black Women podcast. Do you guys know what your non negotiables are? I'm trying to think. I'm like, as Duchess was talking, I was thinking of my top 10 and I was mm. trying to think what my top three within that 10, if I could even mm. identify what they are. Um, what am I top three? Um, empathy. Mm -hmm. Empathy is super important to me. I just think, um, you know, someone who's able to, someone who has high social in intelligence, basically, is super important. Like, you know, if we have an argument about something, I want you to not just say sorry. I want you to actually understand why I'm upset and why that has upset me and like how you would feel if that happened to you. Like those things need to happen. Like otherwise mm. I won't actually feel closure or get over it. Mm. Um, similarly, you need empathy because, um, and I've said this before in different episodes because it's something I feel really passionate about. You know, if you are someone that has a mental health condition, your partner needs empathy you need mm. a partner who can understand you and support you. If you have someone who's just going to be like, rah, that's mad. Well, you know, <laughs> feel better. Like, <laughs> smile, man. It'll be positive. Hashtag. Mm. Be kind. Be like, do you know what I mean? That's not going to, that's not going to last very long. So mm. yeah, I would say empathy is, um, is one of my 10. I'll get back to you on the other nine. <laughs> <laughs> Sham, what about you? Um, I'll definitely say the top one is stability and that's in terms of me feeling it mm. and also the person offering it. Mm -hmm. Um, I think that comes from just daddy issues, to be honest, where I was talking to my therapist about it the other day and I think that's where it comes from. 
But stability is a core thing. And sometimes I don't feel that in any relationship, whether it's platonic or romantic. I'm out of there. I'm exactly, <laughs> so, I'm exactly like you. Stability yeah. is very important to me. It is very it's, important. It's, it's top, it's top, top, top. Um, mm. And then I'd also say uh, someone who has a strong moral compass. I'm, mm. I'm yet to decide whether or not it's exclusive to religion or if I'm open to it being outside of that. But I feel like someone who doesn't live by any morals is quite a scary person. Mm. Um, I feel like you have to hold yourself account to something or someone. Yeah. And even if your, your moral compass is led by your parents and what they taught you, that's good enough. That's a starting point. But I think someone who's just taking life on the limb and they just make things that they go along with what's right and wrong, that's a bit nuts. Because like life is a journey, isn't it? So mm-hmm. I feel like you have to learn from somebody. Do you get what I mean? Yeah. It's like when it's like when you become a mum and it's your first time. You know, you know what you know what it's like to be a mum. So you go to you go to the um the mother and baby classes before your child is born. Mm. You might go to one or two and think they're shit, but you're still going to go to the first one because you feel like it's important because it's something that's new to you. And then the third one I'd go to would be agreeing with what lives, not agreeing because I feel like everyone's opinions are going to be personal to them. But going back to what Liv said about mental health and understanding around that. Mm-hmm. Um, for me, it's really important that someone, so because I have um, like anxiety and things like that, I think it's really important that the person I'm with has an understanding around that. But I think even if I didn't have it, I'd still find it equally as important because it's about their attitudes towards society. So I wouldn't feel comfortable being with someone and they see someone on the street who's displaying a mental illness and they're like, that person's crazy. Like that would really, I I would lock it off then. I don't care where we're going. It could be Novikov. I'm going home. That's where I'm going. Because (laughs) that sort of attitude is not someone that I would want to be around. And the same applies to my friends again. So I think for me, when it comes to non-negotiables, it definitely overlaps in what I desire in a friendship too. Mm-hmm. As opposed to it being like just romantic. Yeah, no, I, I I completely agree, and you know I think friendships as well they ha- they they should be non negotiable because you know if we if we're not aligned we can't hang. It's just as simple as that. Mm-hmm. You know, then you're just an acquaintance. But if you're my friend, we have to have some values that align. We can have differences, but our fundamentals should be aligned because then mm-hmm. the point of the friendship. Mm. It's interesting you mentioned friendship because I think not enough people talk about um, the values within your friendship. Like people talk about it, you know, in terms of your relationship with your um, partner because that is so much more serious and there's so much more to lose, I guess, which I get. But like, you know, as you said, you should also apply your non-negotiables to your friendships because they're just as important. I think a lot of people are like, oh, but you know we've known each other for years like Not you know we grew, we grew up together like you know we went to school together like you kind of you you come up with excuses and sometimes and this has happened for, to me before for sure I step back and I'm like wait but would I let Josh Josh is my boyfriend would I let Josh get away with this behavior that person mm-hmm. x is doing mm. do you know what I mean and you realize like no so why am I and so, because you don't kind of incorporate your non-negotiables to your friendships you're kind of led to believe like oh no that's the thing you do for your romantic relationships only and I think the thing is I think for me personally I feel like when it comes to friendships it's easier to have those non-negotiables because I feel like with friendships you have levels with your partner they're just your partner that's it yeah with your friendship you have your best friend you have close friends stroke good friends and then you have acquaintances and then you have people that you don't give a shit about (laughs) <laughs> and so someone might not meet your top three non-negotiables, so they probably won't be in the running to be your best friend, but they might be mm-hmm. your top seven, and therefore they're your acquaintance or they're your close friend. Do you get what I mean? So I feel like yeah. it's a lot easier for like friendships to allow certain things to run. But I think what you just said just then, lives about um, putting it to someone like, would I expect, or would I allow this from this, this person who's significant in your life? I think that's a really important thing to, to have some sort of measurement on. And as, as I think it's also equally important to ask yourself, like, would I do this to that person? Or what did that person think doing X would make me feel like? Because sometimes when people do things, if they're oblivious to how it makes you feel, I thought like they can get applied to it and they can, like, have learning and understanding to be able to not do it again. But if someone's out, mm. like, doing something they, you, they know will upset you, then that's, that's problematic. But, Leanne, mm. we didn't get on to you. What was, what was your um, three, top three negotiables? Gosh, I don't know. I think honesty is definitely, or transparency, which, whichever mm. word you want to use, is super important to me. 
because um, I think I am quite a, I, I don't necessarily operate in extremes, in moderation anyway. And so my response, regardless of how honest or dishonest you are, could be, could go either way. And so I think having, giving me the opportunity to respond authentically is really important. Mm -hmm. Good, bad, or ugly. Yeah. So I, I would agree. say that's probably my top one. Mm, no, that def that definitely make that definitely makes sense. And even coming back to the friends thing, I when you were um, Sean, when you were talking about the friends, and you know, I told my friends, well, my ride or die friends, I I told them I said my birthday is very important to me. I don't care what you do about anything else, but my birthday is way important. Don't mess with my birthday. Don't forget if you want uh -huh. me to remind you, I will remind you because on my birthday, it's all about me. Don't me and they know that. So now they know. They can, you know, they can take the piss with anything else. But mm -hmm. my birth, two things, my birthday and if we've gone out late at night, let me know you got home. Those are my two You That's have to you. Know. So, uh, Fezzeline, I said, no, 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 no. And, but see, the things, as I said, since I've gone through my journey, I've learned how to be open and say the things that make me tick so I can be a better friend. Mm -hmm. And so they understand me and now they're able to say the things that are, that make them tick because I'm just like if we're going to be very good friends we spend a lot of time together and I'm going to be sharing my, my myself with you I expect the same mm -hmm. yeah if not mm -hmm. you are an acquaintance that means I can not talk to you for two years see you on Facebook okay? <laughs> <laughs> you know, you, know you, you used to write not even happy birthday just HP, HP. HP. <laughs> that's what you know exactly. we are not homies exactly okay, so so, and you know, that's all part of intimacy. It's all part of building that intimacy in the relationship. Because mm. if you have that, it also allows you to, to be free to say to your friend, look, what you said the other day upset me. You know, because mm. you can't say that. What's the point? Listen, listen. I have had to get rid of two friends recently because of that same reason. <laughs> I'm telling them what's wrong with me, what an issue that I have that they've done towards me. And they're gaslighting me and telling me that I can't feel this way. Do you know how crazy that is? This is what I'm saying. You can, and the thing is, the worst thing is, with one of them, I actually said, I know you didn't mean to think we feel this way. I know you. Do you get what I mean? Mm. I know you so well that I know there's no way in hell you want me to feel in the way that you did. However you did. So this is a learning point. And when I said it, it wasn't even a discussion. I just sent a nice little message, signed it off with X's, X's little emojis, you know? It was, just, it was just more like for them to reflect on rather than them to be a dialogue and an mm. argument. And she reflected on it and I got these big paragraphs back and I was thinking, you've completely missed what I've said. You completely disacknowledged my feelings. And on that basis alone, that one account, I just had to burn her bridge. And like my mum and like people that know I'm close to her are like, you're not friends with her yet? You're not friends with her yet? And I'm like, you're missing the point. Mm. They done something that upset me and they try to gaslight my experience, I don't want that sort of person around me. So everything else is not invalid because someone that does that about you doesn't care about you on any level. Sorry. No, I was just going to ask if you guys feel like it's harder to get rid of or let go of friendships than it is uh, intimate relationships. Like, <laughs> producer Leanne is like, no, no, get rid of 100%. Them. 100%. You know what? I, I feel like it is, you know. I feel like it's harder for me, to be honest, because, because of what Liv said, actually, because you've been... This person has been a part of your life for such a long time and you grow with them and you love mm -hmm. them through their mistakes. And that's kind of part of what I view as friendship as well. So it's like, no, 100%. at what time do you find the line between loving someone through their mistakes and then being like, as Duchess said, actually you're taking the piss now. But you know what? I'm the exact same with you in terms of that. But I think for me, with this situation where like I just said, forget this. Is that you gotta look at so many factors. So first of all, this person was now the shop to my peace, and my peace always comes first. If you're gonna disrupt my peace and you're not God, then you can just f off. That's first and foremost. Secondly, you gotta look at how what what value this person adds to your life. You yes. have different types of friends. So this particular friend, from the outside looking in, some might say he's my best friend or my close friend. Now there was my close friend. I was with them all the time. But let's talk about values. What do you add to my life? Now you add that you're fun, you're great to be around. But do you know what? All my other friends bring that too. So what else do you add? Nothing else. So therefore, you're easy to get rid of. Do you understand what I mean? Like, sometimes friendships, is like, if you think of a seesaw, yeah? You're both on the seesaw, up and down, up and down, you're having fun. But someone's outweighing mm -hmm. the other person. Do you mm -hmm. get it? And mm -hmm. 
that's when it's easier to lock off friends. How, what is the balance in this friendship? Am I, are you getting more from me than I'm getting from you? And it doesn't have to be like financial or anything like that. So how much am I giving out and compared to how much am I getting back? Do you understand what mm. I mean? And yeah. sometimes I think we focus so much on how long we've known the person, but let's actually talk about the value of that friendship. They might have been your best friend for 15 years, but how much value do they now give you in your current life? And, mm. and to be honest, you have to think about it. The fact thing is that we change. As we grow, we change. So we have to reevaluate what are they bringing to the table. I mean, for me, to be fair, I'm actually probably the opposite. I can give up my friend easily, but the man might give you more leeway. But I realize that that's because I can mentally demote my friend. They don't even have to know. I've demoted you. You are no longer in the, in the, in the Duchess's court, so to speak. You know, <laughs> they're not that person you're going to call up in the middle of the night anymore, exactly. and that's fine. You're, you know, you're not that person. You're not that. Per- we can say hello. You know, we can even go clubbing together. Not a problem. <laughs> when it comes to the things that are deep and meaningful, if I'm having a project that I want to do and I want to bounce off ideas, trust me, you're not going to know about it to the day I blow up. <laughs> so I'm not. I might not tell you, but I've. You know, you've gone down because we always have to evaluate everything that we're doing. If not, we get stuck or people hold us back because think about it. Every one of us, we're all progressing in whatever it is that we're doing. Then you have a friend, or if you want to start something new, I know people who would have said to me and said, (coughs) Duchess, relationship, sex, intimacy, coach, where, how? But she was a business analyst the other day, but they don't know what I've done to get to where I am unless they hear my story. But they'll be making judgments. If I keep telling them the things that I want to do, they're just going to be giving me negative vibes. I ain't got time for that. Mm -hmm. I was going to say, like, just an example of that kind of thing, that also um, you don't need to... Just remembering that you have different boundaries and expectations of people as well. You have different expectations of different relationships. So say, for example, the scenario is, um, you know, me having an anxiety attack or feeling really anxious about something or needing support from my partner or from my close close inner circle I might expect like support um I might expect you to like check in on me if I need it I might expect you to just like speak to me a certain way if you're like outside like I'm not expecting those things but you can still be kind of respectful you can still like show some kind of understanding so still holding those same morals and values to people but you don't have the same expectations of them because they're not you're like the first three people that you would call if you're an emergency do you know what I mean yeah um just understanding that your expectations of different friends can be all right as well Hmm. no I tell you no that is that is very that is very true and that's why there are levels in friendships you know there's as 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 you said as as Sean said before you know your boyfriend's your boyfriend your husband's your husband but your friends they all got different levels and they can move in between it at any given time for any different situation you know I know the friend to call if I want to go and party hard I know the friend to call when I want to talk business you know I have different friends who do different things for me doesn't mean that they're any more a friend or less of a friend it's just that what the 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 intimacy we share is for a particular thing as opposed to a a friend who covers all aspects of it who Mm -hmm. are my true ride or die just um shifting because we've talked about relationships and then Mm. we've talked about platonic friendships i mean i'm i'm in the process of go i'm single and Mm. i'm in the process of kind of regaining my sense of self i would say that's kind Mm. of been my journey this year yeah do you is that something that you deal with as well in your job as an intimacy coach, like dealing with individuals and how they learn to be intimate with themselves or find their safe space within their, within themselves? I do. And the reason, I, I mean, it's not my, it's not a, it's not my core, but I do do it because as I said, I'm, I mean, I'm divorced. I don't know if I said that, but I'm divorced. So I had to go through that journey in order to heal and to learn who I am and, basically find the duchess as I like to call it. And so I do help people do that as well because it is not easy because there's some tough questions you have to ask yourself and you really have to dig deep to get the truth and to accept that these are the things that you do, you shouldn't do, you need to change. So I do, I do help with that as well because self, the self, discovery journey it's you know there's some things you just don't want to face and you want to block them out 
And you need someone to like say, no, we've got to tackle this. We need to talk about it. You need to understand why. And you know, if you, what's going to happen if you stop doing this, especially, especially when it's self sabotage, why are you doing this? You know, because we all have that in various aspects of our lives. So in the relationship sphere, I do do that. And even people who are in relationships still go through self-discovery as well because things have changed or they want things to change and self-discovery and self-revelation is very important because if you don't know who you are how are you going to tell someone else who you are true very true do you have any advice for people that are on that journey i.e myself what i would say (laughs) what i would say not to you directly but what i would say is don't feel that anything that you consider negative is a bad reflection of you. Mm. Don't associate guilt. Don't associate shame with it. Deal with it. If you need to change it, change it. But before you change it, ask yourself why you're changing it. Understand Mm. why you're changing it and then make the change. Because if you don't understand why you're changing it and just change it for the sake of it, you can fall back into that thing whatever that thing is mm-hmm. be honest with yourself because no one else it's between you and yourself so you might as well be as honest even no matter how painful it is if it's something you've done that brings you shame brings you guilt forgive yourself you need top you need to forgive yourself for whatever that thing you feel is stopping you from moving on because if you don't forgive yourself you're just going to live in that cycle Mm. so be honest don't blame yourself and forgive yourself so you can move on and heal gosh i sound like a guru there (laughs) you sound like a duchess (laughs) exactly you sound amazing just quickly going back to um we're kind of going backwards here but i really wanted to ask you this question Mm. um when talking about intimacy and non-sexual ways of of approaching that what what are advice what advice do you have for non-sexual ways so the reason why i kind of focus on non-sexual is that what happens is that men especially equate sex with intimacy and it's not their fault it's kind of the way they're wired so they show love through sex unless you educate them or they've educated themselves but for us women we 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 enjoy sex we love sex we adore sex but at the same time we love the softer side of it the things that don't put pressure on us if we don't want to have sex Mm. that's how we get in the mood that's how we feel loved and we need to understand what that is as women so we can tell our men and men need to understand that respect it and actually proactively do it and that's why i say that's why i mean bizarrely enough that is even why i created a product around that because i realized that people are so focused on sex or nothing if we you know oh can i have a kiss it must follow on with sex no you can just kiss why must you have sex after an hour (laughs) you know it doesn't matter you know the truth of matter that you can be turned on just doesn't mean you have to follow through you know have a hug doesn't mean it means something else so is these the thing is that is the freedom and the opportunity to be able to be physically intimate without sex, without the expectation of sex. No. So if we're hugging, doesn't mean that I'm, you know, I'm, you know, caressing your face, rubbing your chest, doesn't mean that I want to have sex with you. Yes, it would be lovely of you, but doesn't mean that. And you shouldn't be upset if it doesn't end there because I'm trying to connect with you. And connection doesn't have to mean penetration doesn't Mm. so that's why i say you need to focus on the non-sexual bit the you know and intimacy can be going to mcdonald going to your man's favorite place (laughs) where he likes to hang out if he wants you there you know if he doesn't then you know stay away but you know just (laughs) 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 you know it's just you know making the effort to share activities share you know share you know what i can't think of the word i want to share shared pleasures you know the net you know netflix and chill should be netflix and chill shouldn't be netflix chill which means something else it should literally just be chilling 
have a glass of wine, listen to music together, you know, mm. to each other, go to the park. I mean, some people say, well, that's not what we do, but you know, we can do that. Go to the park, hold hands. You know, we don't always have to jump in the car. We can just hang out, you know, just literally hanging out. Your cards that you're talking about. Yes. What, what is that? Oh, okay. Um, so, um, the intimacy card, so it's a deck of 52 cards, so one for each week, that has words and actions that you can use to demonstrate your love. And so basically, so for example, you have dares and you have just conversation starters. So you have, I have a quick one card that says, how far are you willing to go to improve your intimacy? Would you consider experimenting? So then the small print is brainstorm some ideas and agree on something to try. Then another one is share your sexual insecurities with your partner. Mm. Share a fantasy you're too scared to try. Promise oh. to listen to each other with, uh, without judgment. Um, so I have another dare, which is ask your partner what part of their body you're most, they're most insecure about. Show them how beautiful it is without using words. Aww. Oh, I like that. That's yeah. lovely. You know, they we buy these, these okay, so, <laughs> so these I cards I googled it, you know. Whilst I was on the phone, I started googling, googling. <laughs> the cards you can get them at www.theintimacycards.com. So yeah, so I created them because I realized that you know we don't have conversations, we don't really, you know, they don't come up the ways to show intimacy and show love through words and actions don't come naturally unless you really, really think about it and say, today, we're, I'm going to do this. So I thought, actually, you know, they have prompts for different things. Why not have for creating, improving intimacy? So that's why I created it. So that was the birth of the intimacy cards. Mm. So I have a whole, I have what I call the intimacy series. It's all about the intimacy. That is who I am. It's what I give, is what I teach. Yeah, do you know what is funny when you when you go to, in public um say you're going to a restaurant and you look at a couple and you're like they're not happy because they're just sitting on their phone yes. and they're not actually talking to each other and when i see that i just think they must have great sex <laughs> do you know what i mean because like why else are you staying girl keeping them together <laughs> yeah, because like you've got what you might consider quote unquote intimacy, but it's not actually because when you see them out, yeah, you I'm, can tell there's couples that aren't friends. Do you know yeah, what I mean? Yes, exactly. And you're like, what's the point? If you know, the thing about it, I, to, what I've noticed is the people that you see outside who have, you seem like, oh my God, they're so great together. Look, there's, you know, they're like best friends. Their sex life ain't great. Oh. Translate <laughs> into the bedroom. There's and no. Oop. Or maybe it's just not There's as good like, as it could be. Yeah, exactly. It's not. It's good. So they're doing it, but it's not great. There's no passion because the passion has left because they. Oh, you know, they're just good friends. You know, just they're just friends. But on a serious note, you 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 do see couples and you look at them. And you're like, mm, you guys are just you just kind of coexisting. And I don't understand that. Why take your phone? Anyway, I swear everyone's different. I'm like, if you're going to be on your phone, then we don't need to be here. I can eat by myself. Oh, I can pick my own meal. Exactly. You know, I can, sure, I'm the snack. I can go to a restaurant by myself, to be <laughs> fair. But, you know, it's like, what's the point? Then you might as well not be out. But, and that's the reason, because that is an opportunity for them to build intimacy by putting their phone down and having a conversation. And as I mentioned before, and I was saying, oh, that I created a product. I created what I call the intimacy cards to prompt those kind of conversations. So you can have the conversation because people don't know how to talk anymore. I'm not going to lie. Some people don't know how to have a conversation. It's either they're talking about work, sports, kids, if they got it, bills, news, but they don't know how to communicate with each other. What's going on with you? Are you okay? What, you know, what's, what's happening with your life? That thing you said you wanted to do, are you still going to do it? Especially when you don't live together. Those little things, you know, telling your partner why you love them, why you still love them, why you still fancy them. Mm. They're not having those communications anymore. You know, just saying, girl, you're fine. It's not enough. <laughs> I know. <laughs> I know. I already <laughs> girl, you fine. You know, that's not what I want. I want more than that. I want to know why. You know, 
and and those are the things that we, we are we are missing and those are the things that build intimacy and then by going out and still having those conversations just makes it even more intimate do you know that you can just yeah. sit down and have a conversation laugh oh my god laughing is just amazing laughing together the fact that you can see something and both of you be like oh my god and you have the security yeah. to laugh it's just like you know me and my man can see someone and be like oh my god look at that look at that lady oh my god she's got no girdle on or something ridiculous like that and we can laugh together yeah without me without him being afraid to check her out because you think i'm going to get insecure and have a fight and say why are you checking her out i ain't got time for that we can check her out together you don't know about me exactly, exactly. and those that are is me things. you know that exactly. is me and those are the things that build the intimacy because you can have these conversations be safe be secure have a laugh and just have fun relationship is about fun too it's not all about just the serious stuff so yes yeah, so, mm. uh, we, we can't we can't neglect those non-sexual activities that bring us closer together because they those are the things that help us to move into greater sex i mean if you can't even tell if you can't tell your man that oh you know what today i just felt like i would want to punch someone or today I'm just, can you just give me 20 minutes to be on my own? Because I need a bit of space because I'm just not feeling great. And he respects that. How are you going to tell him that you want a certain sexual position? How's that going to work? Yeah. Oh, God, it's not going to happen. Because you need to feel comfortable. And your partner also needs to feel comfortable that when you say you need space, doesn't mean that you're rejecting them. Because mm. that once, you've, once you've had your 20 minutes or 30 minutes, you're going to come look for them and say... You know, I'm feeling better. Thank you for giving me this space. And we should remember to say, thank you for giving the space. I'm feeling better. And these are one of the reasons why you are my number one person. Mm. Yeah. I think really that follow-up is really important because it's so easy to take those things personally when you don't mm-hmm. know where they're coming from. Mm-hmm. And it's not that the other person has an obligation to tell you in that moment. Yeah. So as you said, it's about having that kind of safety net to know that the foundation that you have is so solid that it probably doesn't have anything to do with you. Mm, exactly. Well, that's definitely something I'm going to take away <laughs> because I'm yeah. always one to ask for space. I never actually say thanks, so I feel attacked. Mm, yeah. <laughs> I suppose it's just managing each other's expectation. Like, I, always, I remember saying to... I remember I had a client who came to me about sex and, and they were like, you know, sometimes they're not in the mood, but when they say no to their husband, he feels rejected. I'm like, if you tell your husband you're not in the mood, tell him when you are going to be in the mood. Oh, but I don't know when that's going to be. Make one up and keep to it. Because that's the reason why they're going to always trust that if you say you're not in the mood, you're truly not in the mood, it's not because you're rejecting them because you don't want them. So make it up to them. But if you just say, I'm not in the mood and never bring it up again or never say anything about, oh, you know what, babe, I'm not in the mood tonight, but in the morning, can we do, you know, something. So they have something to look forward to and they know that you considered their feelings. But if you just say, I'm not in the mood, turn your back and then go to sleep. That's not a good place to be. Mm. Definitely not a good place to be. So it's just managing people's feelings to know that sometimes people can make it about themselves, but when they get that trust and that intimacy with you and know, then they're able to relax and just say, Oh, she's in, it's in one, it's one of those, one of those is I, I actually had a, I had a boyfriend who said to me, Oh my God, you're having PMT. I'm like, well, I don't have PMT. Like, no, you do. And he said to highlight how I get cranky. And I was like, Oh, so once I started getting very touchy about a few things, he would say, is that time of the month? And I'll kind of look at my calendar. I'm like, Oh yeah, it is. So he recognized that. So he knew how to give me a bit of a, an allowance to my cranky self, you know, and that's, that, I mean, that, that's intimacy. I think there's so many good points here that we're going to take away. Um, just really appreciate, um, you know, all the advice and everything you've passed on um, as part of this episode. Like hopefully our listeners will take something away. I know that we will. Um, so yeah, thank you so much. Um, so where can we find you online and where can we find out about your work? Okay, so um, you can find me, oh, I've got a website, www.duchesssecrets.com and you can find me on Facebook, Duchess Ify, I-P-H-I-E, or my business page, which is Duchess Secrets. On Instagram, it's Duchess underscore Ify, 
email is info at duchessecrets.com guys thanks so much for joining us don't forget to rate and subscribe to the podcast wherever you get them from on twitter and facebook we're dope black woman and on instagram we are dope black woman one we'll be back with you next week until then stay blessed and unapologetically black all the way black black be black blacktastic hey <laughs>